Welcome to Two Harmless Randos with your hosts, Mary and Christine. In today's episode, we continue our interview with Mayor Cromwell. Today, Mayor shares about her nonprofit organization, The Great Mother Love Way, and shares how she helps others connect with Mother Gaia. We learn what she does to support the global grid and hear stories about her work with others around the world. She also shares how to stay grounded while doing this spiritual work, how connecting with Mother Gaia and nature helps us all on our healing journeys, and how each of us can play a role in planetary healing. We hope you enjoy part two of our interview with Mayor Cromwell. Mayor, yeah. I love the way you talk about following your intuition and like listening for messages and, and waiting for the plan to be revealed. And I know you mentioned that you were trying to stay in touch with like your natural rhythm rhythms and when to take a break and when to move forward. But I'm wondering like what's next for you and do you have other projects or events that are in the works beyond what you've already told us about? Uh, not really, not any beyond what I've shared with you. I'm, I'm really, uh, I am in a gestation place to some degree. Like I've been doing the great mother love way classes now uh this is the fifth year for year one i have you know advanced students too um this will be the seventh year for the thousand goddesses gathering global grid i'm just listening right now i'm just tuning in and honestly i'm healing from getting pretty sick for the past few weeks too so i'm getting my energy back there uh uh, there's certain things that are calling to me, but it's it's kind of hazy as to what it may be. I this past winter, um, I was spiritually told, spiritually asked, and it wasn't necessarily by mother, but mother, but mother approved it. To I was asked by some indigenous ancestors because sometimes they communicate with me when I'm doing fire ceremony, or depends on where I am and what I'm doing. But they requested that I organize a global grid of apology ceremonies to the original peoples and their ancestors. So that happened this winter in March, um, right around the equinox. It was March 19th. I don't know if I'm going to do that again. I don't feel like I am. Uh, that was a huge amount of work. It's it's hard for people to understand what it's like holding space energetically for these global grids there's a lot of energy behind them there are a lot of spirit teams involved the apologies global grid to the original peoples um triggered a lot of people uh indigenous peoples and and other indigenous peoples were really ecstatic that i was doing that that i got spiritually called it was, it was a real mixed bag but it, there was a lot of emotional static shall we say in the spirit planes uh that I had to hold space for. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> and I want to share one more thing <clears throat> related to these global grids is I'm very blessed to work with some exceptional cosmic shamans. And these are people who don't just do shamanistic work on the planet. They actually work off planet too, to support the birthing of the new earth. And so one of the things that happens when we move closer to the date of the global grids is to put a call out to these cosmic shamans and ask them to start working with their spirit teams to lay the groundwork 
so that all of the ceremonies and the energies of them will be really woven in well and then calling in even additional spirit teams to support the uh the unified field of ceremonies so that's something i talk about sometimes but it, it is an aspect of what it is that i'm blessed that i can do and i guess part of the reason that i'm asked to do this spiritually The, the cosmic shamans, are these people people who are located around the world or uh, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a very it's like one or two people actually at this point, but they have significant spirit teams. <laughs> so they're in the physical, they're humans, but they just have tremendous gifts, mm. tremendous spirit teams. Yeah. Mary, you were mentioning the great mother love way. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, we're being called back home to mother. This is part of what we're meant to be doing during these times. We were never meant to be so distant from her, so disconnected. And so this is... Um, a year-long course, and then there are advanced level courses, which help people really connect far more sacredly with Mother Gaia. Um, they learn about doing ceremony. They learn about, um, <clears throat> I actually just did a class last night and then this afternoon, because uh, I, I do classes in different time zones or a group of people in Europe. And sometimes I have people, well, I have a woman in New Zealand this time, and then other people in North America. Uh, but like we did a class this week on self-love as part of the journey to embracing the path of love into really being deeply connected with the mother is incorporating in that is a huge, it's so important, our own self-love. But we did a class um, earlier in September on how to set up an altar and to work with an altar. So there are various tools I teach people. Um, their spirit teams get enhanced. They learn a lot more about who Mother Gaia is. Um, they get introduced to one of the councils that Mother is a part of that is very focused on Earth at this time, which is the family of one, um, who are part of the spirit team. The significant, they're actually the spirit team behind the Thousand Goddesses Gathering. Uh, so it's about learning by the end of the year how to really step into your role and you can choose a title to either be a Gaia priestess or priest or um, love worker. I say love worker and not light worker uh, or way shower. People choose their own title, but it's to empower people and help them step into being a luminous love node, you know, because mother needs us all to be luminous love nodes here on earth at this time. Yeah. So, so that's what the course is about. Sounds amazing. It does. It sounds lovely. Now you're, you're welcome so, to join. The next class starts next next June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it sounds like you have students around the world and you are working with other people, ever love workers and other priestesses, all sorts of people you've connected with around the world. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like 
know, maybe some of your most memorable or or fun, enjoyable work you've done globally, besides the Thousand Goddesses. <laughs> oh, you know, um, gosh, that's a really good question to ask. Uh, I will I will share this. I have an extraordinary friend who. I met in 2019, I was going to be doing some events in Europe, in Belgium and the Netherlands, and one event wasn't going to work out. And, and I had been seeing this man's postings on Facebook. And I'm very grateful that Facebook translates the uh, postings and the comments from whatever language that person's writing into English, you know, and I was reading what this man was doing, and he seemed to be very, very gifted. And I just felt this connection with him without even meeting him, just like seeing his, you know, postings and feeling his energy through Facebook. So I reached out to him and said, you know, I'm going to be in Europe and I have some time. And I'm wondering if you might be willing to host one or two workshops for me to do in your area. I, I really love what you're about. And there's a lot of overlap. And he was immediately enthusiastic and said, oh, yes, that would be great. And so I ended up leading two workshops at his center there. And he's right on the North Sea. His name is Cornelis Jan Kuperis. And we have become like the best of friends. And we um, he's an extraordinary, extraordinary nature spirit mystic. And so he can see the nature spirits and communicate with them so clearly. This has been you know, one of his gifts since he was a child. And they use the title wizard there in Europe. So he calls himself a nature spirit mystic and a wizard. And so we have done a couple of um, webinars together about the nature spirits, connecting with the nature spirits. And, uh, and I was back in Europe in August and was able to visit him again and do another event and then do ceremony with him, two ceremonies with him. Uh, and the man is an absolute hoot. He's actually half elf. He's just <laughs> incredibly fun and funny and high energy. And like he just sent me a message yesterday. He's constantly sending me things, little videos and photos. And um, I, I can't even keep up with him a lot of times. He doesn't sleep at night. <laughs> you know, he just got all this energy. He's constantly downloading all these spiritual messages, which are very profound um very connected with mother gaia also but he sent me a message yesterday uh about how he had a meeting with the pixies about the ceremony that they're going to do for october 21st for the thousand goddesses gathering global grid uh and i know he really did have a meeting with the pixies <laughs> but what that means i don't even really know what it means i what i know is that it was a lots of silliness but ideas because the pixies definitely want to be involved in the planning of this event uh, and what he's going to be doing there <clears throat> in uh, that part of the Netherlands for the Thousand Goddesses Gathering is, this may sound a bit out there for people, but um, we know, know, know not only have Mother Gaia as our planetary caretaker, but Mother Gaia has a divine masculine partner, and his name is Guy. A lot of people don't know this. There's a whole story behind it. Um, and they have... A child, they have a sacred union offspring who was given the name Geodesica because those who can see spirit say that she looks like a geodesic shape. Now, Geodesica is um, really high energy. She is a spiritual being now who's all over the planet, activating areas, 
she's all about joy and fun and partying, but partying in a good way. And she's been waiting for someone to organize a festival in her name because she wants everyone to know about her and connect with her. And she embodies the new earth energies just hugely. And so this is going to be the first big geodesica and nature spirit celebration on the planet. And he's organizing it because he made a promise to her that he was going to help her. And so he and I were talking back in the winter and I said, well, you know, Geodesca is still waiting. He's like, oh, my God. Yes. So so that's kind of out there maybe for people. But um, it's going to be a huge party. And I wish I was over there in Europe to be part of it, honestly. You know, he has all these volunteers help. It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a hoot. And all these nature spirits, because the nature spirits love Geodesica because she's so high energy and they're high energy and they're all love frequency, joy frequency. And oh my God. Um, So they're all rallying. It's going to be this huge event with not only humans, but nature spirits too. And unicorns and dragons. And (laughs) it just gets more and more interesting. Oh. it's going to be a huge party oh wow yeah yeah that that part of europe's going to get super activated which is needed where where is that again where did you say um it's the town is called motorgat which is a really tiny little town right on the north sea it, it, the region is friesland and friesland is in the northern part of the netherlands northeastern part they actually have their own culture it's uh it's it's, there's a whole history there, but um, the, much of the rest of uh, the Netherlands is a different culture, so to speak. They have their own language, um, but they speak Dutch also, but they also speak Frisian. And, you know, it's they're really into the nature spirits in their culture. They, they have all these events, like they have parades where people dress up as fairies and gnomes and elves. I think half the culture see spirit really clearly. They know they they really really exists it's really amazing yeah yeah i want to go (laughs) yeah i know i know let's book our flights although i'm committed to being here (laughs) i just came back from europe i mean i have other stories of you know being in other parts of the world where um yeah like when i was in new zealand and australia uh, and I was leading some events in both countries. And there, the indigenous ancestors are very prominent. They're still very much there in the spiritual realms, right on the land. And two different times, um, I was challenged by the ancestors, first in New Zealand, as I was leading a fire ceremony. Um, they were like, Who are you? You didn't ask permission. You know, this is our land. And it was really interesting because I could hear them, not 100% word for word, but I heard their message. And I had to tell them that I serve mother in me. I really, I have surrendered to serve mother. And then one of the people who was in the sacred fire circle, I said, what is the name again in Maori for mother Gaia? It's like Papa Tuanuko. I said, Papa Tuanuko, I have surrendered to serve her. My work is to help people who look like me come back home to her. And when they heard me say that, and I'm feeling energy as I'm saying this, I don't know if you are, uh, then they backed off and they gave me their blessing. And then a similar thing happened in uh, in Australia. They were challenging me 
energetically as I was in a car driving to the site of where I was going to lead a day long workshop. And I could feel them like trying to pressure me into not even coming up the mountain. And I realized I had to communicate with them and tell them because, because they could feel my spirit teams. Um, that's my understanding of it. You know, I mean, they spirit knows everything. Uh, and I didn't, I in no way wanted to be a threat to them. Uh, so I really, so I told them, I said, I'm here to serve mother. I'm here to help you all bring more people back into the ways you live that which we have lost. And then they backed off. And as I, again, I'm getting ripples of energy up and down my spine telling you this. And then the third event, big event there when I was in Australia, the same trip, that was a whole story unto itself because that's where, that was the first time the ancestors asked me to organize a small or a smaller apology ceremony to the original peoples. Um, it had to do with the town where we were supposed to do a workshop about Mother Gaia and everything was going wrong with the planning of that. I was supposed to lead it with a friend who I had known from years before who lived in that town. And it was just like all this drama. And then I realized as she was giving me a tour of the area and the town, the energies were way off. And I said, something, something, what's going on here? And she said, oh, well, you may be feeling the energies of the massacre because the original settlers gave arsenic lace flour to <clears throat> a whole village, Aboriginal village, about 100 years before. So this is more recent in their history. You know, here in the east part of the United States, I mean, we're talking hundreds of years ago or maybe 200, 300 years ago. I mean, in, in Australia, this is 100 years ago or 80 years ago. But the settlers never did anything to make amends, to offer apologies or anything to their Aboriginal people. And so I arrive and I get asked by the ancestors and Mother Gaia to I get told, basically, that the workshop's not going to happen. And this is going to be a discussion and an opening ceremony to ask the villagers there to to organize something, to plan something to make things more right. And there was an Aboriginal elder who was um, part of the planning committee. He was very excited that this was the directive that came forward from the spirit planes. So these are some of the adventures I've had uh, out and about. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Listening to you talk about, you know, sensing the energy of these past events and sensing the energy as you're going into things. It's just making me wonder, with so much of this work being energetic and spiritual and mystical, what can you share about staying grounded while also operating on this more mystical hmm. level? That's a really good question. It's a very important question. Uh, there are two things actually there. One is staying very grounded. And two, it's um, knowing how to talk your energy body way in and taking care of your energy body because uh, I get challenged a lot. I don't always remember to tuck my energy body in when I'm out and about um, and, and I can come home and feel completely wiped uh, because I forgot and that was my mistake. But the grounding part, um, I actually teach uh, and it's free on my website. It's something that people can just download for free. It's called Mother's Love Cord Connection. And it was came from a message I got from mother in January of 2013, after the first book with her came out, Messages from Mother Earth Mother. 
And this message, in this message, she said she really missed having all of us humans, her beloved two-legged children, being energetically, spiritually connected to her from our hearts, directly to her heart. And right after that, she guided me to create a meditation. It's like an activation where we we create an energy cord, we visualize and we actually manifest um, an energy cord from us directly to mother's heart that goes back and forth. And it's a really wonderful way to be super grounded to her. Uh, but yes, you know, learning how to work with the energy, uh, be really protected, uh, there are different ways to word it, you know. Uh, it, it's a whole field of studies unto itself. And that's one of the things I teach about in the Great Mother Love Way class, too. Yeah. I've heard about that in energy work, especially working with animals and doing energy work, if their field is too far expanded, because it's already much more expanded than ours in many cases. If it's too far expanded, it can cause a lot of uncomfortable things to happen. So I'm curious, when you said to um, tuck, tuck your energy body in. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you? Uh, well, the way I learned it, and they teach this in different traditions. Like one of the people who's in the Great Mother Loveway class this year in year one has studied um, Qigong pretty intensively. And so they they teach it there. It's It's really honestly knowing one that we have an aura that we have an energy field and for most people they're not that mindful of it and it's way out there uh and it's actually gathering it visualizing it gathering it and then tucking it in and you can tuck it into the small of your back and it's called enigma in the qigong tradition as i learned it from this woman uh, I feel a big difference when I do that, when I wake up in the morning, because when I wake up, I know my energy feels way out there. I've been out on the dream plane all night. Uh, so I will tuck it in when I remember as soon as I get up, you know, into the small of my back, you know, gather. And then I, you can also tuck it in uh, into your sacral chakra, into your hara or, or womb space for women. Uh, and as I'm telling you this and I'm moving my arms and I'm doing this with my hands, I'm feeling myself pulling my energy body in. I, I feel already that I'm grounding myself more. <clears throat> and then you can visualize, you know, shielding. Uh, there, there are people, and I haven't yet evolved to this place, there are people who teach about if you are truly in your heart and emanating love of the, the highest degree, that in itself is a way of taking care of your energy body. Nothing's going to come into your energy body. It's just going to be deflected or transmuted. I'm working on that level. I haven't gotten there fully yet. Something to aspire toward for all of us. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, all of us. Yeah, and speaking of energy, before you were saying um, when you organize these larger events and you're calling in uh, you're calling in the spirit plane and working with all these different dimensions that it can be draining, Um what do you do to to replenish yourself? Mm. Well, I tap mother a lot. I, I try to stay as connected to her as possible. Um, I I will call my energy back in when I feel depleted. Uh, I will go barefoot a lot outside and connect with the trees and ask them to support me. Uh, 
I take long baths. I try to sleep enough. Uh, but I ask my spirit teams to help me hugely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> sure. I try to eat well, too. <laughs> it's like, and chocolate is key. As much chocolate as possible. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, was there anything that we didn't ask you that you would love to tell us about? <laughs> um, well, one is that I have started a nonprofit called the Great Mother Love Way. Uh, to actually help support a lot of this work that I do um, because these spiritual global grids are really labors of love. Mm -hmm. And um, and so people are very much uh, invited to consider donating to support this. Uh, that's been a big adventure, just getting that launched. But we got the final 501c3 IRS letter in May, which was hugely exciting. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, so that's a big, you know, big news for me um, and a big shift, like taking all of my work and transitioning all of it over to the nonprofit. It's, it's, it's been a little complicated, but we're, we've made it happen for the most part. Most of it's done. Um, let's see. Uh, hmm. You know, I, you know, I just want to share this, that, um, if, if people knew how much we are loved by mother, I just know that it would, it helps so many people in their healing journeys because our society, our Western society is, is not good at culti encouraging us to cultivate self-love. You know, our school systems have us feel like we're constantly being evaluated and judged. And then we've got ancestral trauma and uh, past life trauma and, you know, I consider mother the ultimate healer. I mean, when she gave me that message in right at the end of that ceremony, when she was brought into my energy body, uh, and then I was healed from the lymphoma within like 16 months. And, you know, tapping mother, tapping and when I say tapping mother, I'm really also talking about asking the trees for help. There, there are powerful healers unto themselves, cultivating relationships, friendships with a favorite tree in your yard or your neighborhood can be huge. And the, all of these beautiful spiritual ones, and I call them the sacred seen and unseen ones, are waiting for us to reconnect with them. The nature spirits exist. You know, I have more than enough friends, I'm very blessed, who can see them, communicate with them. And they're like all reaching their hand out for the most part saying, come back home to us because we're meant to be living in a co-creative sacred relationship with all of them. And we all used to, our ancestors knew how to do this. So it's in our DNA, how to live in balance and in harmony here on earth. And this is what we're being called to do with this new earth coming in. <clears throat> so this is the time. <laughs> yeah come back home yeah and there are people um i've met people in ireland japan southwestern part of the u.s and other parts of the u.s who whose cultures have never lost that relationship and it's really beautiful to see mm. that manifests and to know what we could be yeah. doing 
Yeah, yeah. And the opportunity is for us to learn it, you know, and a lot of people are teaching it. I just, it thrills me how many people are learning plant communication and animal communication and um, permaculture and regenerative, you know, agriculture. I mean, it, the the ways are here. It's just, we all need to shift over soon. Thanks for listening to Two Harmless Randos. Check out our show notes for links to more information about the topics we discussed today. Thank you.